in the book of Colossians, chapter 4. And I've got two, two main points, and I'll probably only deal with one tonight. Colossians chapter 4, if you'll go there, stand with me as we read verses 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. We're not going to get through all of it, I don't think, just so that we can focus on the first part here. Colossians chapter 4, read with me together verses 2 to 6 out loud, once I find it myself. Colossians together, chapter 4, verse 2 to 6. Let's say it together. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Father, just bless the preacher now in the hearing, in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. All right, when we come to this, Paul seems to be just like a, like, uh, wrapping things up, and he seems to be like his usual Characteristic when he's writing, he just starts blurting out things, a blurb, a blurb, a blurb, a blurb, and they're all powerful. Now, the whole book of Colossians is fantastic because as he, as, as, as he started this book, and as he gone through all of these four chapters, he's covered a lot of ground. He has talked about the deity of Christ and he's proved that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. He's also proved that he's the Messiah. You don't look for another one. There's not a better one coming down the pike. Jesus is the Messiah. He also taught what to expect of pastors and teachers. You want to know what a pastor should preach? Colossians tells you. You want to know how to, uh, what to expect of a pastor? What type of things? He doesn't tell stories and jokes. He preaches the word. Now, um, he also taught on how complete we are now that we've been born again. Ye are complete in him. You don't have anything lacking. There's nothing you do now that can make you incomplete because he is our salvation. We've been made complete. He explains mortifying and replacing the old nature and the old habits. He then went on to talking about saturating our lives with the word of God, whether it's in songs and music or in memorization meditation. He talks about saturating our lives with the word of God. And then about the Christian home. He talked about uh, uh, parents and their children, husbands and wives. And he also talked about how to work and how to get along with your employer and to be a right kind of a servant. But he doesn't just say, okay, bye-bye, all right? He actually writes some final vital instructions. And even though he's in chains, even though he's in prison when he's writing the book of, Col- uh, of Colossians, he takes time to personally greet and salute and honor members of his team that are in that area in Colossae. He ne- he very rarely was ever alone. The ministry was never done or never intended to be done by an individual. So Paul knows that the people that he sent up to Colossae and actually had sent with the letter, he's going to greet them and he's going to greet different people. And you'll see the members of his team and the people that make a church work. But that'll be down the line. So the first thing he says right there in verse 2, three words, continue in prayer. 
without, without going very far, I just want you to ponder those words, continue in prayer. Evidently, Paul had a heart for prayer. Um, prayer is one of those unseen, boring activities that is most vital in the background of a church. So when he says continue in prayer, he means just do it. He didn't spend any time explaining, dissecting, and analyzing prayer. He just says, do it and keep doing it. Ian Bounds, who's probably one of the most prolific writers about prayer of our modern age, he died in 1913, by the way, he wrote the secret of success in Christ's kingdom is the ability to pray. That is the secret to success. Not the ability to preach, not the ability to study your Bible, not the ability to make money, but the secret in the kingdom of God to success is the ability to pray. That's what Ian Bound said, and I believe him. He said, we do more of everything else than of praying. Wow. He said at the end of the, of the 19th century, at the end of the 1800s, he said, this is not a praying age. It is an age of great activity, of great movements, but it's an age in which the tendency is very strong to stress the seen and the material and to neglect and discount the unseen and the spiritual. He finally concludes, he says, when prayer fails, the world prevails. So, as we talk about prayer, continuing in prayer, I want you to understand Prayer is talking to God. It is communicating with our God. Do you realize this act that we do, it should be something that is so natural to us, this act that we do goes all the way back to the very moment of creation when God made Adam and Eve. And I don't know what God said, I don't know what Adam said, but they talked. And Satan has tried to interrupt that conversation ever since then. And this, this, this ability to communicate with an infinite being is ours. Prayer is part of our worship. How do you worship infinity? How do you, how do you create a, 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 a starting sentence and, and a conclusion? How do, how do you talk to an all-powerful, infinite being? You just do. He, the Bible says, he condescends, which means he steps real low and then bows his ear to hear our prayer. He goes through so much effort because I don't know how to talk to him, and yet he says, I'll make sure I listen. Prayer is part of our worship, and I think we need more worship. Matthew chapter 6. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. Watch all the things that Jesus warns about that we defile prayer with, that we soil prayer with. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. When thou prayest, I didn't say if. He says, when you do, because you're supposed to. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing publicly, visibly out in the synagogues, in the corner of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Instead, thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. 
And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which is seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not, he warns, he says, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For I think that they shall be heard, for they're much speaking. Be not therefore likened to them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye even ask him. Therefore, just, just pray. Don't, don't think that you gotta just say, do you have any father? Father, would you father? Would you father? Father, would you, would you, can you please father? Would you? Stop it. Alright? Whatever, whatever would upset you if somebody talked to you that way, don't do it to God. Alright? Talk normal. Okay? Talk to God from the heart to heart. I've had too many people, when I sit down next to them and I say, listen, why don't we pray? And they go, I don't know how to pray. Can you, can you talk? Can, you just spent the last 20 minutes telling me all about your problems. Can you not talk to God in that way? Can't you just tell him? Oh, I don't know how to pray. Yes, you do. You're just, you're just excusing yourself, saying everything except, you know, I need to talk to God. Paul says continue in prayer. Every believer should pray. Is he talking to the prayer group in the church? Yes or no? Is he talking to the pastor in the church? No. He's talking to the church. In the church, every believer in that church in Colossae was expected to not just have a prayer meeting, but to do what? To continue in prayer. What a thought. Continuous prayer is a church activity more important than food. Amen. How many, of you like, how many of you would like to come into church and there's dinner there already ready? There's brunch. I know. <laughs> there is sandwiches. There's soup over there. Every time we come to church, there's food. Amen. Wouldn't you like that? Come on, raise your hand. Yeah, amen, amen. But you see, that is not ever going to be there. But prayer has to be there. Prayer has to be an activity, a church activity more important than food. Make prayer longer. Make prayer longer. We're going to sing a song in a little while called Sweet Minute of Prayer. (laughs) No. Sweet Hour of Prayer. What would happen to the other 59 minutes to our prayer life, huh? Make prayer longer. That'll be part of our time together. I've been burdened and I've talked to the guys in the office and the ushers, and I talk to different people, and I said, how do we make prayer something we do on a Sunday as a, as a church to come early? We're going to do it. But you see, we're trying to set up, and by the way, can I be honest with you, this morning, most of this room was set up by moi. Because the lousers weren't here today. So it takes time to set up, so I sure could use some help getting here early. That's enough guilt on you for a moment, for a moment. But sure would be nice to get here set up and then go into a closet and pray before preaching. Amen? We need to make prayer part of church, by the church. We need to make prayer longer. I'm not talking about long, drawn-out, monotonous prayer. I'm talking about where we pray together and we stay until we know that God has heard us and He's going to bless. Then gives you the challenge there. He says, keep it up. 
here's the, here's the thing, all right? Tonight, I'm putting a guilt trip on you, all right? That's my job, all right? I don't want you to go out of here feeling good about your prayer life, amen? But you know what? We will go, I don't want to go pray. And, and you go home, and then zoom, it's out the head. And then you remember, oh, I better pray. So you pray a little bit. And then you forget about it for the rest of the week, and the rest of the month, and the rest of the year. Don't be like that. Continue in prayer. Make it something. Paul writes to this church. Evidently, Colossae was a praying church. <clears throat> and Paul doesn't say, get praying. He says, keep praying. Wouldn't it be good? I mean, I I love the things that our church is known for. But the highest thing our church should be known for is praying. Be nice if somebody said, Pastor, would you ask your church to pray? Because I know your church prays. That would be very good testimony. Continue in prayer. Um, we need to, I, I put this down, quit starting and stopping. It's, it's bad English, but it's good theology. Too many times we get convicted, but we don't get converted. You know what the difference between conviction and conversion is? Conviction is, oh, I feel guilty. Conversion is, I'm going to do differently now. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. <clears throat> 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Mr. Bill, read that real long verse, would you? If you can find it, it's after Micah. <laughs> this morning we waited for him to find Micah. <laughs> <laughs> Second Chronicles, that other one? Anyway, anyway. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse seventeen. <laughs> Amen. As Christians we need to pray without ceasing. Now I know you gotta drive, you gotta keep your eyes open while you drive. I know you gotta fix dinner right now. But you know this thing of ceasing doesn't mean that you you don't have moments where you're not praying. What does it mean, praying without ceasing? I'm sorry, what? Okay, but what if I'm not able to pray in one continuous long prayer all day long? What? Okay, I'm still looking. What are you going to say? Okay, that's a great truth. That's a great truth. Um, but I guess, ma'am? Okay, mindset, we're actually going to talk about that in a second, but to pray without ceasing means pray without quitting. Praying without giving up. Pray without ceasing means, brother, I'll pray for you. Now, don't expect that for the next 67 years that I'm going to just be in a constant state of prayer. That's impossible to do. But if I say I'm going to pray for something, I need to write it down, and I need to, when I pull up that prayer list, I will pray for it. Now, there is the mind, there is the challenge to be an attitude of prayer. Instead of complaining, what's the first thing we do when something doesn't go wrong? We complain. We panic. We quit. We give out. When we should do what? We should pray. So that's the first thing we should do is pray. The middle thing we do should pray. The end thing we should do is pray. But never quit. <clears throat> um, don't get discouraged when prayer seems so unexciting and unfruitful. 
if we just had a prayer meeting on a Sunday morning, and everybody came in, there was no singing, there was no preaching, everybody's getting excited already, <clears throat> there's no tea, we said we're going to pray. Boy, in 15 minutes you'd have kids going, I am bored. You know why they say that? Because their parents are going, I am bored. You know what? If you try, if you went weeks without talking to your wife or talking to your children, it'll destroy a relationship. Amen. Just imagine going through the house if all day long the two of you just kept going. You know you're there. You're both encountering each other, going by, and not a word goes on for weeks. That'll be torture. Amen. And there we are, the Holy Spirit coming along, and we. And we never talk to him. We never pray. So, pray like there's no tomorrow. Pray today. Continue now. Don't say, all right, well, I'll pray tomorrow. Don't you wait until tomorrow morning before you pray. Pray tonight. Pray. Continue in prayer. He goes back, go to Colossians there. Go back to the left a little bit. Colossians chapter 4, just one page or so. He says, secondly, watch while you pray. Not watch TV while you pray. Colossians 4.2 says, continue in prayer and watch in the same, in the same activity of prayer. <clears throat> With what? All right. So when he says, watch while you pray, he's basically saying, be on the lookout. What will happen to you when you're not focused on other things? What will, what could happen if you're focused only on the Lord? only on the will of God, only on worship. What could happen? The devil could happen. And so, um, when you pray, you need to be very awake, become very sensitive, like a watchman on the wall. If you know anything about the old, old, old days, the medieval times behind, <clears throat> they would they would put a man on the wall, and his job was to watch that horizon for any movement. <clears throat> He was to watch if there was any enemy attack. He was to watch and notice who was coming up the walkway to see if it was a friend or foe and say, open the gate or keep the gate closed. And a Christian needs to be aware that even while you're praying, the devil will throw muck through your head. Amen? The devil will remind you of something you got to do instead of praying. And you need to go, no, I am praying. No, it's my time with the Lord. Take your Bible and turn to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. <clears throat> Matthew 24. Miss Nita, would you read verse 20, chapter 24, verse 42 and 43? <clears throat> yes, ma'am. Okay, if while we're praying, if we are just normal, which means we sort of just are tired, we're kind of relaxing, we're kind of going through things in our head, we're trying to talk to God. Let me tell you, you are susceptible to the devil just walking right in and you'll miss the presence of the Lord. You'll miss what your, 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 the, the awareness that you should have 
when you stepped out of your burdens, stepped out of your 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 world, and you stepped into the presence of Almighty God, and you got to realize there is a battle going on there. And you've got to be aware. So this is why everything's going all hell out that back room, because there's there's rough stuff going on in the spiritual realm, and I haven't been aware of it. Father, forgive me. Thank you for making me aware through prayer. Watch, Jesus says, and pray. Matthew 26, 38, Brother Dan. Matthew 26 and verse 38. Then say unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Carry you here and walk with me. Okay, now what do they end up doing? What do his disciples do while he's in the Garden of Gethsemane? Saw some logs. That's right. They are out for the count. But what did he ask them to do? They didn't even know what to watch for. They didn't know that there was going to be a mob coming through there in the next few hours. They didn't know, and Jesus said, watch, because something's going to happen. And wouldn't it be wonderful if we put a priority in prayer so that we could be aware that something's going to happen? So that we could be sensitive. Boy, there is a spiritual battle going on. And I was not aware of that. There is a victory coming. And now I know and I'm convinced of it. All because you spent time in prayer. Instead of expecting it to just happen. Because I tell you what, the devil's on the march. And he will just come right in your front room and upset you. And you'll go, where did that come from? The Lord says, if you had been watching in your prayer, I could have warned you. could have prepared you. Watch while you pray. One more, Miss uh, Kathy, verse 40. Still same chapter, 26 and verse 40. All right, so how long has he been praying? Okay. <laughs> And they've been sleeping 59 minutes of it, I guarantee you. Oh, <laughs> deep question. <laughs> but, but back to the point, back to the point. He says, couldn't you even do it just one hour? I'm talking about getting spiritually aware that while, well, listen, when you read your Bible, sometimes I know it's like, I read the same verse four times and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just too tired. I got to go to bed. I understand that. But don't let that Interact where your prayer life is something you sort of just, it's just a blur. You need to be well aware, well awake. It's serious business because warfare is fought on our knees. So what do we need to be aware of? Of things to be thankful for. You need to take a moment and and look around, open your eyes before you pray, and go, man, I'm blessed. You need to be aware of what you're asking for. Too many people are worried about airy-fairy words when you need to just get to the point. Hmm. You need to be aware of just how believing you are. Are you just going through the motions? Do I really believe he's going to answer me? And you need to be aware of Satan's attack. You're in verse, uh, uh, verse 41 now, Gavin. Okay, it has not happened yet, but in the next two hours, because he's just gone one hour, he's got two more to go. When he keeps coming back to Peter and James and John, the other nine are over there, and they're gone for the count. 
But when Jesus comes back to Peter, James, and John, he says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. What are they going to be tempted to do in just two hours? No, 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 they're already asleep. (laughs) They keep going to sleep each time he's trying to wake them up. But what will these even most faithful disciples be, be tempted to do? They're going to abandon Jesus. They're going to get angry at Jesus. They're going to curse Jesus' name. And it could have been fixed if they had prayed. I really believe that Jesus is not just on our words you need to pray. No, he's saying, watch and pray that you don't enter into that temptation. That you don't get trapped. You don't get drawn. You don't get tricked. How powerful is prayer? I don't know. I just like to know. I would like to find out the secrets that happen in a prayer life that really, really spends time with the Lord. Watch and pray. Powerful phrases that go that are said over and over, and we kind of go, oh yeah, whatever that means. He also says, with thanksgiving. That balances that. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Brother Eric. Part of prayer is being upset, right? Part of prayer is being thankful. You can be upset. It's okay to be real to God. First Thessalonians 5.18. I ought to have Bill find it because he couldn't find it before. <laughs> it's right next to the one he found before. But no. Uh, Eric, you're reading First Thessalonians 5.18. Part of... Yeah. Christ, or this is the will of God, okay. So, in everything. What does that mean? What do you think, Eric? Okay. Okay. Whatever situation you are in. Good or bad. Excellent. Okay, now. Okay. This is a little English lesson. There is, there is um, uh, being thankful in everything. But there's a harder Thanksgiving. What do you think it is? Being thankful for everything. I find both of them hard. Amen? <laughs> Let's find that for. Ephesians 5.20, Miss Allison. Ephesians 5.20. Now it's not in, it's Okay. Wow, we're beat. We can't get out of it. We've got to be thankful in every situation. And we've got to learn to be thankful for. Where do I begin to express my thankfulness in and for everything in my prayer life? So if I have a bad attitude and I'm not grateful, guess where I have not spent any time? In prayer. And I haven't spent any time in my prayer time being thankful, because I will find it easiest in the presence of the Lord to be thankful. Who, who won't find that grace at your, at that throne? It's called the throne of mercy where we, where we can find help, mercy to help, or grace to help in time of need. We'll be able to be thankful. All right, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask this side. 
All right? You guys are spiritual. We're asking the carnal side over here. Okay, ready? What could you or should you be thankful for instantly when you're praying? Raise your hand. Uh, yes, sir. Just life itself. Amen. For your salvation, what else? Just the grace of God. I know we're over here. Jesus, I told you guys are spiritual. The Holy Spirit, amen. What else? You know, I wonder if we shouldn't just stop and say, thank you, Lord, for accepting me in your presence. Yes, uh, Dennis Guffins? A hard situation. Amen, amen. And Alan? Okay, free will. There's, there's, there ought to be, yes, sir, again. Oh, Isaac? Family. That's pretty cool, pretty cool. You know, it says, uh, it says watch and pray with thanksgiving. So when you come to God and you got your list and you've got your needs, you've got your burdens, you've got your sorrows, bring along some thanksgiving too. It just is the right kind of mix. It just is. Go back to Colossians. Go to the right, find Colossians again. <clears throat> he adds another thought to this need for prayer. And he talks about, remember the gospel ministers who serve in the Lord when you pray. Colossians chapter 4, verse 4, verse 3, sorry. Withal, praying also for who? Hmm, I remember my dad <clears throat> telling me that's how he knew the Bible wasn't written by God. He said, see, those are people. They're just people asking for prayer. And I knew, like, what is wrong with you, Dad? And I didn't know how to answer him. I know how to answer him. I know how to answer anybody now. See, even the Apostle Paul is admitting, we need your prayer, which helps me. I can relate to a Bible that doesn't have it way up here, down at my level. And he says this, with all, with everything you do, pray also for us. That God would open unto us, Paul talking, a door of utterance. We'd say an open door to speak the mystery of Christ for which all I am also in bonds. So when you pray, make sure when you got your prayer list and all the burdens and all the things, you're going to pray for your family, you're going to pray for, for your, uh, a new job, you're going to pray for your bank account, you're going to pray for your car to start, you're going to pray for your health. Don't forget to pray for those who are putting their lives on the line, serving God, preaching the gospel, and risking their lives. You know where Paul was at this time? In prison. He actually doesn't say he's in prison only. What does he describe himself as? He's in chains. Now, I never found anywhere in the Bible where Paul ever complained. But I found a real Paul who said, please pray for me that this time in prison wouldn't be wasted. That I don't know what kind of a door was between him and freedom, but that door was so tightly shut, he said, still God can open and give me an open door to tell the mystery of Christ, to explain the beauty and the awesomeness of Jesus Christ that's so crazy to the world. You know, um, Paul needed prayer. Uh, go back to Ephesians. I've got lots of scripture, but I'm just going to take you to one. Ephesians 6.18. Brother Tony, would you read Ephesians 6, verse 18 to 20? 
And 19. Verse 20. Do you think he was very healthy being in a dark, dank prison of 2,000 years ago? Do you think he was very healthy? Physically, okay? Do you think he had a lot of energy? And yet, what is he asking? As he ought to. What a prayer request. He's, I just, even though I am constrained, I am limited, I, I am weak, please pray for me that I would speak like I ought to speak. I, I, I can relate to somebody who's gone that far. I can go, wow, what am I complaining about? Remember our missionaries, will you? We support eight missionary families. And I have no idea. I got another letter from Zoltan Kish. And he was so delighted to, to, to get to see um, Mona over there uh, like two weeks ago or whatever. But um, he said it really, he wrote, he's written me twice about the Christmas card we sent him and sent all our missionaries. And he's written, he's written twice. He says, I can't tell you how much I and my wife just were thrilled to get that letter, that card with all the little notes from all of us. It made us feel loved. Amen. Now, I tell you, I, I mean, I want to be a blessing. We need to write our missionaries. But let me tell you, we need to pray for them. Because they can sense when they're being prayed for. I can sense when people are praying for me. I can sense when I'm not. I'm on my own. So Pray. Pray for God to open doors for us all. Hey, we're all servants of God. We're all ministers. But pray for open doors. You ever, you, you, you go through work and you say, boy, nothing's opening up. Pray, say, Lord, open the door. And God will open it like a, like a nuclear bomb. Pray for wisdom. He will explain the mystery of Christ. Pray for encouragement among gospel witnesses, missionaries, and ministers. You know what? I must, I, I have to tell you, I don't know what happened to Christianity, but when I got saved, there were there was a guy. This when I sorry when I got called to preach, there was another guy who got called the very same night. I have been in meetings where men have have come forward and they wept and says, "I believe God is calling me to go somewhere and preach the gospel. I believe God is calling me to be a pastor. I believe God's calling me to be a missionary's wife. I want to go with some man somewhere where it's hard, and I want to watch God do a work. I want to see souls saved." I've seen that. I haven't seen it in a long time. You know where it starts? In prayer. That we would pray that there would be more people convicted of a world going to hell, guilty that we're not doing enough. And encourage, I think it's the greatest way to live. I think it's the most awesome. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back to the business world. I would, if I had another chance to go back and then come back in the ministry, I would leave and come back in the ministry. That's me. I wish it was you. Pray for encouragement, for new men to go out, and for those who are on the field to keep going. Paul says, look at uh, your flip. Go to the right, go to Hebrews 13. 
Hebrews 13 and verse 3. <clears throat> I should have brought some stories of people who have been in prison for the gospel. Made you uncomfortable. Made you feel like you're not worthy of the name of Christ because of what other people have done so they could take the gospel place. But Paul says in Hebrews 13.3, Remember them. Think about them that are in what? As bound with them. Remember them and put your feet into their stocks and your hands into their chains. Be bound with them. Remember them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the same body. What's he talking about? Pray. Pray like it's you. Pray like you'd want somebody to pray for you if you were that situation. That'll change your view on the ministry. That'll change your view on Christianity because you'll find out over there in the Philippines another church was just burned down and I think 20 Christians were killed in the Philippines. You know, there are people, Malaysia. Now, Malaysia just got, the Paralympics were about to start over there and they stopped it because Malaysia, the, uh, the Malaysian government wouldn't let the Israelis participate in the Paralympics. The entire country was blocking Israelis from coming in. That's the kind of world that's out there that will turn against you for being a follower of Christ when it gets a chance. You better pray for those who are under persecution. Pray for those who are staying faithful even though it's hard. Pray. Hmm. That's all I'm going to talk about tonight. Because I'd like us to take a moment and pray. Continue in prayer. Why don't we pray that we would continue in prayer. Why don't we pray that we'd be more spiritually aware because of prayer? Why don't we pray with an air of thanksgiving in spite of whatever trouble we're going through? And why don't we pray for each other and for those who preach and teach and go and we have a part in? So I'm going to ask a few key people to pray this evening. And then we'll have, we'll sing Sweet Hour Prayer and be gone. Bill, I'm going to start with you. Andrew, with you. Dan. And then Weston will close us in prayer, if that's okay. So Bill, Andrew, Brother Dan, and then Weston. Let's pray. Lord, Lord, we pray.